Well, in the year 2000, um, I think I'll probably be the spaceship to the moon dictating robots to robots, or else I may be, I don't know, having a, in charge of a robot court, judging some robots, or I may be at the funeral of a computer, or if something's gone wrong with their nuclear bombs, I may be sort of coming back from hunting in a cave. If I were offered to spend a day in the year 2000 and see how things are then, I would hate it. Because I don't know, I don't want to know how things are to be. I want to exert action as long as I live so that the sort of things which should, in my opinion, be, have more chances of being. This is It Happened One Year, a look back at the events big and small, famed and forgotten, from... Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. We're doing it again! Here we are! <laughs> it happened one year, 1967. 1960, we're, we're rolling right to the end. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we were embracing it. We're finally, I think, have gotten comfortable with 67. And here we are, the second to last 1967 it's time to move episode. On. Yeah, that's it. Uh, we tried our best. And uh, hopefully you'll j- consider joining us in season three. <laughs> it's hard to say. Look, I don't think this season was as bad as we t- think it is. I don't think I it was, was bad. I don't think it was bad. I think that... Uh, we had it was a difference between yeah. what we did in season one. Uh, we decided to radically change formats yeah, yeah. to something wherein we had no first-hand experience, <laughs> and that changed things a little bit. It did, but at least we're finally wrapping up. Here we are. Uh, summer is on the way. Yes, things are just barreling towards uh, good times all around. It is beautiful today in Chicago until uh, the day after tomorrow when it's supposed to snow. Yes, <laughs> that's April in Chicago. Uh, I, I don't know when this episode is airing, but uh, I assume it will be 120 degrees in mm. Chicago on this day. Yeah, you'll find us sweating our asses off in the park. That's how we do. <laughs> uh, I believe the last episode we recorded was yep. still when we were on that big road trip, yeah. uh, if you recall. Oh, wait, but before we get into that. Oh, right. we, we got to thank our friend Kristen Mann, who uh, did the intro for today's episode. Yeah. So, thanks. Kristen has appeared in many of our scripted <laughs> episodes. Uh, a real MVP when it comes to the scripted yeah. shows. Yeah, so. we make her do the most work. So. Yes. She had so much to do in uh, the baseball humbug, yep. and honestly, a pretty good still amount in the yeah. visitors to Nova Scotia. So, uh, thanks. Yeah, thanks, friend. Where was I going? Uh, we were going to talk about the road trip. Oh, right. So, the the last time we recorded, I believe we were in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And we intended to record more episodes in Albuquerque. Yep. Uh, we were in Kansas City. We were. Um, we did not record any episodes on the remainder of that trip. Why did that? Why was that? <laughs> Uh, I got COVID. <laughs> so after valiantly uh, avoiding COVID for three years, uh, I would I can only assume. And look, I don't want to malign these people. Yeah. But I I believe it was uh, a restaurant in Roswell that did <laughs> that's, us in. That's our guess. We don't know. There's like two days we've narrowed it down to, yeah. and so it could have been a number of different places. But in our minds, it will always be peppers. <laughs> In yeah. Roswell, New Mexico, which was the most horrifying place I think we went on the trip. I mean, it was it was to the point that when we walked in, we knew it was a yeah. problem. We knew it was trouble when we walked in. Oh. <laughs> 
Swifty Joe. I'm sorry. And uh, we, for whatever reason, we're like, yeah, this is fine. Let's stay here. What's the worst that could happen? And the worst happened. So that <laughs> derailed, I, and I've said this now a number of times since then, a piece of my soul will never leave Albuquerque. <laughs> because I had, I, I mean, Sarah was like sick and in the other room. Yep. But I had the long, dark tea time of my soul. While I was in Albuquerque, just endless days yep. where I was uh, just misery. I was so. just sleeping to old episodes of Sex and the City. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. I really. Yeah. No, I think when we recorded the Santa Fe episode, I had likely already been infected with COVID. Yeah. yeah. And somehow Joe never got it. We yeah. were in a car for eight hours together. I was clearly not feeling well. Yeah. Uh, so I was not feeling well for a couple of days and then tested positive. Yeah. And then I spent the rest of our time in that first house in Albuquerque, basically in a bed yeah. uh, by myself. Yeah. So. so those were grim days. That's not great. That was, that was pretty tough. But, I mean, all in all, uh, uh, you know, the trip still went pretty good. Yeah. And uh, honestly, that house was nicer than ours. So if I was going to get COVID somewhere, I was happy to convalesce in uh, the stranger's house. That yeah. Had, he had big fluffy comforters. And I had my, uh, I, ha- I had my own, like, bathroom shower, like, separate from everything. Yeah. I mean. We conveniently rented a, a yeah. large enough house that uh, keeping apart was not yeah. that difficult. But, you know, it was this vacation and it was, like, week three yeah and so like we're dead in the middle of this trip and all of a sudden this is what we got mm-hmm. to contend with so that was that was a difference that was yeah. fun but uh yeah my my covid list streak is now well over a thousand days yep. and sarah's is sitting at about two weeks yeah so you know that's where we are right <laughs> now. yeah so uh for a variety of reasons yeah we've chosen this as as our last real episode i mean the yeah. next episode we're going to do is the in memoriam which we did last time yep and it does manage to cover a lot of you know, where I think in season one we did like one-offs of in memoriam type things, like Telly Savalas and yep. things like that. This one we didn't really do as much. Dinah no. Shore we did in season one. Yep. But this time we're gonna have that as its own thing. Mm-hmm. But we debated what exactly to do for this episode. Yep. We were like, this is the last real episode we're gonna do that's gonna cover real '67 stuff. Yeah. And this was always something that was floating around, and I think that it's interesting in relation to the current situation in the world and in America. Yeah. And at least some of that does relate to COVID. Oh, I mean, totally. In the current day. And the, the the chart you have currently, you see a lot now is yeah. how life expectancy in other countries has gone up since yeah. COVID. And in America, it hasn't. Yeah. And it's just this crazy abnormality. And so we're going to touch on that a little bit. But that's more or less where we're going to go with this is yeah. uh, in 1967, on what they suspect is November 20th, the 200 millionth American was born. At, at 11 a.m. Somehow they, they have narrowed they it all the way down. Yeah. 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 So that's the guess. And so this was the first time that the U.S. population had hit 200 million. And it was in 1967, which is weird because it seems like, you know, population really radically increases from that point forward. Yeah. And we found a bunch of articles kind of predicting what was going to happen going forward. But... You know, the, the, the inciting incident, more or less, is that they suspect this is when this person was born. And this was, you know, this landmark kind of moment in U.S. population history. Yeah. We're hit that for the first time. What I think is kind of interesting is that there was also, um, in no- in November 2022, a global world population milestone where we hit 8 billion people. Oh. Uh, in the middle or after the uh, the near the end of the pandemic, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, I mean, I think these milestones are interesting because you don't really know where it's going to go from here, right? And so we were like, 200 million, that feels like a mate. That's a, oh my God, like, we need to panic and talk about, you know, how we decrease the population and all this stuff and what the world's going to be like. And, you know, it's... uh, 
you know, we've just kept on uh, soldiering on from there. At least in a very public-facing way, that's Mm -hmm. true, right? Like, there's never been the idea that we need to have fewer children, we need to control the world population, Mm -hmm. or the American population, in a very, you know, public media sense. Yeah. But, behind the scenes, you have to believe, at least on some level, there was some plan, right? (laughs) Like, there had to have been. To curb the population? Right, because the idea was that we were going to use up all the resources. So... Where this article really came from was a professor from the University of California named Kingsley Davis came up with this whole idea of how, you know, the population is going to start to outstrip the world. Like, it's just the world can't sustain all of this. And so, you know, he had put in some ideas about, like, what should be done, but they started tracking it out as far as thinking, you know, how many people are there going to be in America and how many people are there going to be in the world yep. at some milestone dates. And so we thought it would be interesting, because now we were well past those dates, yeah. to see, well, how close were they considering where things were headed. Yeah. And and for the most part, like, it seems like this is a more modern thing, right? Where now it's like talking about how, you know, birth rates have gone down in America and in Japan and in certain countries. Yeah. And in other countries they haven't, like yeah. they've, they've continued on. And then trying to speculate on why exactly is that happening? What's what's the reason for that? Yeah. But just just to very quickly cover these numbers, because I thought they were interesting, uh, the present projections in 1967 had the U.S. population at 308 million in the year 2000. Uh, the actual truth of that, in the year 2000, the U.S. population, according to the census, was 281 million. Oh. So not quite, but it was close. Fairly close, yeah. yeah. So that was pretty close. Yeah. And then the other one that they threw out there for whatever reason was 2015. Even though 2015 doesn't have a census, mm-hmm. the the World Bank, I think, still managed... Or the census, maybe, still managed to come up with a an estimate. An estimate. They thought it was going to be $374 million by 2015. So again, $308 million by the year 2000, $374 by 2015. Yep. And in 2015, the Census Bureau estimates it was only 320 Oh. So that's a pretty big difference yeah. in 15 years, just from the projections, yeah. but also just in, <laughs> in reality that it had only gone up from 281 to 320 in those yep. 15 years. And, you know, what's interesting is it, like, I I think the only population that is undercounted in the census, like, systemically is immigrants. Right. Uh, illegal and legal yeah, just yeah. because of, you know, the, yeah. the, the political climate around immigration. And, I mean, the census can be wrong like that's yeah. you know the odds of it being even Perfect. even remotely yeah, yeah. close are, are you know slim but yeah. i'm pretty sure the original projections were kind of taking yeah. that into consideration and i think they do some i would imagine in order to estimate i don't know if this is true so now we're going way off into like just but i would imagine that when they release population numbers it's a combination of actual reported population and like statistical analysis to get to likely missed populations right, right? speculation and, of immigrants and people not responding yeah, right. yeah 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 um the only other thing they really predicted would was the world population yep because they thought that the world population in 2000 they were basically just going off of a like i mean it was still the it's a it's an accurate projection but it was still like sort of well it's almost double but they yep. thought it was going to be 6.1 million 6.1 billion and the world population in 2000 was actually 6.14 billion. That's so amazing. They were they were very close. Now, the only real difference is they project forward and forward from here. And they thought that by the year 2050, if things had sort of contained, can, uh, stayed consistent at the yeah. growth rate of 1.8%, yeah. they thought that by 2050, it would be 15 billion people. Where now they think by 2050, it's only going to be about 9.7 yep. If we only got to 8 billion last yeah. year or whatever, yeah, they the, don't think it's even going to go up that much in the next 
you know, 25 years. Yeah. So. The UN says 8.5 billion by 2030, 9.7 by 2050, and 10.4 by 2100. Yeah, so. that's how, how much things have slowed down. Yeah. So, like, you look at that, and, like, when you come back to the idea of, like, in 67, they're talking about, we're going to yeah. run out of resources, and how are they going to get this under yeah. control? And the stuff Kingsley Davis proposed sounds wild. Like, it sounds like yeah. draconian stuff. That's not even, like, what they did in China. Yeah. But, like actual economic impact and stuff that's like we're mm-hmm. gonna force people to not have kids by just taxing married people and, and yeah. suspending child credits and stuff like that yeah. which isn't what really happened yeah and yet the population rates have gone down the, the growth rate the birth rate has gone yeah down. well so this is i mean you're targeting this right at my right at my bias but i do think part of this is probably birth control methods right like mm. the at the time when they were making these predictions it was 1967 yeah. the abortion wasn't even legal at that point no well it no. wasn't yeah it wasn't legal legal yeah, yeah you weren't guaranteed the right to abortion right. it was legal in some places i believe but you weren't guaranteed the right at the time but in 1965 only married people had access to when when the birth control pill was like on the market fully in 1965, only married people had access to it. So unmarried people couldn't use pill-based contraception. And then I was reading kind of more about the state of birth control and, like, the options for birth control at the time that they were making these predictions were, you know, like, condoms that are, I mean, much better now, but still not super reliable. Yeah. I, I was reading that, like, when used perfectly, there there's like a two percent rate of pregnancy with with condoms. But when used typically, it's thirteen. <laughs> so people are just idiots. That's a lot of like backseat condoms. <laughs> yeah. A lot of park in the middle of the night condoms. I think uh, there were IUDs in 1967 that are shaped like a um, like a like a hatchback on a trail. Ooh. I don't know why, because that's not the shape of the uterus, yeah. but that's what they're shaped like. They're, they were called Lippy's Loops. Oh. I don't know if that's how you say that, but sponsored by Pike. Speak. No, they're just right. Yeah. Now they're just T-shaped, the yeah. shape of your uterus. So I don't know. <laughs> they didn't know what they were doing back then. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't What's a woman's uterus look like? I don't know. A mountain. <laughs> so, I have no idea. <laughs> oh my god! Just use an X-ray, man. Um, but at the, I don't know that that means that they were less effective. But yeah, you yeah. have to think the technology has improved. Although IUD isn't much of a technology. You shove it up there, and your uterus grows around it. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also don't think it's gotten less painful because yeah. the medical profession doesn't care about women. So this is just you and me. Do, yeah. Do you know why the birth control... Why was birth control not allowed for so long? I don't actually know. Was, is it religion? Like, I don't actually know what that was. I think it's... So I think it's... Uh, I don't know for sure, right? Like, it took the Supreme Court in 1965... To, there were because there were laws on the book saying it was illegal, yeah. even after it was approved, much like the whole Mifepristone thing that's going on right now. And so it was a Supreme Court ruling in 1965 that guaranteed the right to birth control. Oh. And so I, you know, I think it's the same stuff that we're seeing today. Yeah. But if there were alarmists, you know, now we've got alarmists in the in religion and in right wing, you know, uh, circles who were saying the population is declining. Yeah. But if we like control of women, it rests on what you know right-wing and religious leaders want out of, you know, women, right? And so it's controlling in the direction that they want to control. And so when there were like, oh my God, the population is going to overgrow. And, you know, I I don't want to minimize civil rights and where we were and, you know, how we were advancing in so many different areas and birth control is one of them, right? Yeah. Women, you know, they, they credit a third of the 
a third of the recovery that women have had since the since birth control came on the market in in the area of the wage gap there's still a wage gap but a third of the recovery to birth control like mm. economic advancements of women directed or connected very clearly to birth control mm. and so i just think there were you know like everything culture ebbs and flows and there was a period of time where that was accepted and now we're going backwards yeah there was one thing that uh, that davis said that was something about the idea of how like forcing women to work would actually be part of this. Mm-hmm. Like, that this was not, maybe not forcing them, but that, like, it would somehow, yeah. you know, aid this whole idea as far as there are other things that you could do. Yeah. You know, encouraging the postponement of marriage and, and then limiting the number of births, but it was still also like. You get stuck having a baby you don't want to have. You're going to, you know, your ability to work and advance, like, all of those things are, right. are you know, impeded. Right, right. Oh, manipulation of inflation to force mothers to work, which mm-hmm. is not exactly what happened, but it's still, like, in the same vein, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but, like, <laughs> I don't know how far down the road to go with this, but, like, the idea that all of the, like, Republican platform has been for so long keyed around, you know, not allowing abortions. Yeah. Like, is the idea really that, like, this is this can't just be based in, like, they just hate women and they want to just control society and continue the patriarchy and things like that. But, like, could part of it be the idea that, like, birth rate's going down and then, like, does that affect the American place in the world and, you know, uh, losing kind of your stature to, to more, yeah. like, to, like, countries like China? Like, is that part of this? I like, think it probably... So, it's hard to say, but my theory, and, you know, other people who are smart about this have written about this, too, but my theory is it is less, like... They hate women or they, whatever, but but just this idea that that white men get into power and think they know better and yeah. can make decisions for other people, yeah. right? Whether it's because they hate women, they think women should do X, Y, Z, they don't care about the ways that you oppress women. Like, I don't think they just hate women and that, like, yeah, yeah. I think that's a shorthand for what's right. really going on. But, but like, finding what the actual benefit is. Like, yeah. to, just, to just try to en- enrage half the population seems like a crazy political yeah. plan. No. But... You know, I, I guess I, I don't really, I hadn't really thought of like, well, what's really the benefit to this yeah. besides just catering to the base, which is what most, yeah. you know, political choice is anyway. I, I think for the religious and for just right wing pe- white men in power, it is this idea that like, I believe that women should do X, Y, Z and like, we, you shouldn't have an abortion. So I'm going to put laws in place because that's what I believe. Yeah. I believe that we need to increase the population. So we're going to put laws in place so that you can't make your own choices. Like yeah. you don't get to make your own choices. I am shaping what's happening yeah. and I get to decide what's the right way to do that. But it's still not exactly a moral thing, right? Like I know I always come back to that thing that like, it's not like fewer Republican women get abortions. Like the, I think the rates are the same mm-hmm. everywhere. So like, if that's not the case and it's still yeah. like, Republican right wing thinking yeah. that still does this. If it's not a moral issue, then there's got to actually yeah. be some tangible benefit, right? And so, is the benefit just have like there being more people? Like that was always the Catholic thing, where the idea that like the reason Catholics are against birth control yeah. is because the more Catholics that are born, the more Catholics that will go to church. Yeah, and that's all it comes back yeah. to. It's not an issue of anything else, right? Yeah. And so, if that's the case, and then you just take that and apply it in a political sense. Yeah. Is there some idea that like just having more kids somehow that that's for voting or for or is it for country stature? Somehow? Yeah, like I, to have a big country and have a lot of people. I'm sure for some people that's part of it. I do think that for a lot of people, like while I'll say 
I don't think it's just because they hate women. I do think the patriarchy, and we joke about like, um, you know, oh, that's the patriarchy. But yeah. I do think the patriarchy plays a role because the idea is if there are fewer women in the workforce, if there are fewer women in the arenas where men assert their power, if men women stay are, in control. Yeah, men yeah. stay in control. Yeah. And I, I don't like, I don't think it's a, you know, cabal of white men who are making <laughs> yeah. these secret decisions. But They're I do in the basement of a pizza parlor. You know, just hold meetings. <laughs> just hold meetings yeah. and raping babies or whatever yeah. they do. But I do think it is like that, this idea that like men want to preserve what they call masculinity and what they call, you know, whatever their assertion is over everyone else. And, and that's one way to do it. And yeah. I, I do think that's a, an important, that plays an important role. I think it's a complex issue. So yeah. I think it you know, depending on where you sit and where you're coming from, what is most important to you about it that gets you to the same outcome, which is, you know, limit abortion, limit access to birth control, limit access to reproductive health care. Like, yeah. all of that gets you, you know, can get you the same outcome, but for different reasons. Yeah. What What did you find as far as, like, is mm. there actual reason? Like, what do they say? They Like, because things have changed. Like, what, yeah. what's actually happening in yeah. the, the birth rate field and the... Why yeah. is the world population Sorry. not exactly going down, but... I did say I would talk about that. I got yeah, hung yeah. up talking about reproductive I rights. This, it's my thing. So, yeah. So, no, we haven't progressed at the rate that we predicted in 1967. That's probably half just, like, not having enough data in 1967. You know, there's lots of things that happen. Birth control, I think, being one of them. But right now, our most populous countries um, are China and India, uh, China's population is projected to gr- to decrease um, between 2019 and 2050. So, also as long uh, and India is projected to overtake China as the world's most populous country hmm. um, around this year, 2023. Oh. our fastest growing continent population is actually Africa. Even with a, which I'll talk about in a second, a re- potential reduction of fertility levels around the world, um, and there's some uncertainty they say surrounding fertility trends in Africa. There's just a lot of young people on the continent who will reach adulthood in the coming years, have children of their own, and so Africa will continue to grow. And there's a shrinking population in Europe. And so the idea here is right now, most European countries or the whole of European countries, the the reproduction rate is below the level required for full replacement, um, which they estimated around 2.1 children per woman because, you know, yeah. blah, whatever. But this is down from, wasn't it was like 2.5 for the longest time or something. And now the fact that it's down to 2.1. It's 2.1. Yeah. Right now it's 2.3. Oh. And it's supposed to get to 2.1 by 2050. Oh. In the world. So I was talking first about Europe and now, but in the world it's supposed to, it's still decreasing overall. Yeah. Um, and that's fertility rates. I did read an article. I'm going to talk about this even though it's a little sketchy. But mm. I did read an article that... <laughs> it was from Cracked. <laughs> <laughs> for t- so when they say fertility rates, it's like how many children are being produced. Per- so fertility rates is a little bit misleading as a title yeah. um, or as a name for it. But there are a number of things that impact this. I don't have a full analysis. I don't think anybody... There's There's some articles I read that said like we don't really know all of what's happening but there are some articles that have come out recently saying that actually um one of the factors is male fertility so literally sperm count yeah. is falling oh and so the the article that i read said there was a like an analysis of multiple studies but methodology has changed over time so like they need to do more research but what they say is human sperm counts appear to have fallen by more than 50% around the globe over the past 50 years. Mm. And like from the, I think the 70s to like 2018, it was falling every year by about 1%. But between 2018 and 2020, 
2022, I think, when this article was written, it's gotten up to over 2%. So it's been falling over time, but the the pace at which male fertility is is, and sperm counts are falling Mm. is actually like we're still in the normal range, but could be a problem going forward. So I'm not, they're not saying that this is what has impacted like the short term losses and like the, but in the future, it is something else that we need to be concerned about from a, Fertility perspective. So the assumption has to be microwave ovens. <laughs> and then by 2018, I don't know, the iPhone 6 had something real <laughs> deadly going on. Honestly, the article I read was like, well, we don't really know why, but people are fat now. So mm. that's probably it. The obesity rates are that high? I don't know. Like, that... I mean, they were like, you know, it's health, it's yeah. exercise, it's processed foods, yeah. it's all the things that make us unhealthy. So even though it came out in 2016, what you're saying is Pokemon Go has not created <laughs> enough people walking to save, to save population. It is not. Yeah, nice not. try, Pikachu. <laughs> we didn't Pokemon go to the polls either Apparently in 2016. Not, so, need to um, Pokemon go to the vegetable section. I don't know. <laughs> get that, gotta get those, that health up. So, gotta do something, so. Uh, so, yeah. So, anyway. So, there's that. And they're saying that in underdeveloped countries, population growth is going to come from what we expect. It's going to come from birth rates, you know, exceeding death rates. But that in most developed, what we would consider developed countries now, even though that definition is even evolving, like in Europe and in the U.S., that if if those countries are going to grow their population, it's going to come from immigration um, and what they call migration at the U.N., but it's going to come from immigration, which is interesting given our current take on immigration here in the U.S. Sure. So, yeah, and that's how we will grow our population because people are not having babies anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's funny because I think if, if you were living, you know, a normal life out there in America. Sure. Uh, maybe this is a surprise. I don't know. Like, maybe, you know, you look around and kind of be like, everybody here is having kids. Like, I was thinking of this, like, I've always thought of this in terms of, like, when I was growing up, you know, like, it was always weird to me that people moved away from home, from towns, like, yep. from their hometown, or moved to the towns, honestly, because I lived in Scranton, and Scranton yep. had neither of those things. Yeah. But also, it's because you're a kid, and so everybody's there. You know what I mean? It's not like... You've reached an age where people are moving away or whatever. Sure. If there was a kid who turned up in your class all of a sudden and they moved here from Maine, it was crazy. Like, yeah. what, why is that? You know? But, you know, the older you get and you start to kind of see these things. But, like, we've talked about this not that long ago is the, like, how many people we know our age who don't have kids. Yeah. And married people and not. And it's just, it's, it's sort of surprising, right? Because as a kid, I don't. Think I everybody really, did it. Everybody had kids. Like yep. I don't remember having that many relatives. Yeah. Who, like I don't know, like an uncle who didn't have any kids or wasn't married or something. But it was a pretty rare thing in mm-hmm. the overall. Like it was what ten percent of your relatives would yeah. be this way. And now, like how many people I know, and like how many people in my family, and like everything that's yeah. basically my age who don't have kids is yeah. is is, is kind of wild to me. But I don't know if this is a universal experience or not. Is this just? We're in this kind of pocket, yeah. in this kind of bubble, and this is what we just happened to run across. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, the other thing that I think is interesting is we think about our groups of friends, and I won't start talking about, like, in people, but, like, people have come to us through you, and people have come to us through me. Like, my people tend to have kids. Yeah, And your true. people really don't. I mean, not some really. do, but, like, not yeah, a not lot. Not too many. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what that's about. No. <laughs> now, you're from a smaller town than I am. So yeah, if you if you take it as being a very small town America thing, then maybe. But I mean, yeah. Scranton's not a huge town. Yeah. But like, I mean, and most of these people we're talking about were people who grew where I grew up. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just, it sort of just strikes me as surprising that that's, that that's yeah. where things are. And that like, I'm not surprised by it. Yeah. But I think it's because of you and me and we don't have kids. So it's like, yeah. what I want to. So it's like, that's yeah. all makes sense to me. But like... But also, like, we've talked about this, is the idea that, like, how often do you see, 
on modern TV shows or yeah. even in movies, characters who adamantly just don't want kids. It's just really not a thing. It's, yeah. And like there is still this push and like, yeah. you know, you can't really have a normal character in something. Yeah. I, I know re- media isn't reality, but it's still like re- supposed to reflect society. Yeah. And if there's this much of this going on, why don't you see more of that? Is this yeah. a conscious effort or is it like this isn't appetizing to people who do have kids? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's funny. Like the people that I know, not all of them, but when I spend a lot of time talking to people, mostly people that I work with that have kids and we end up needing to exchange a lot of information about our day-to-day lives, right? Like they're talking about what they're going and doing. I'm talking about what I'm going and doing. They're very different. Yeah. Most of them give me, and I don't maybe they're just humoring me, but they give me like a... <laughs> Your life sounds amazing because yeah. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Um, someone on uh, my team was talking. We were talking about this, and and the other night, uh, the other night, Joe and I were. Um, I was at work, and I happened to be in the office. Joe was at home, and we were, and like one of the famous hockey players in Chicago was their last game, and they were retiring. And blah you can blah say blah. it, Jonathan oh, Taze. Jonathan Taze. Jonathan Taze. He's last the greatest. Time. Everybody right? knows who Jonathan Taze is, I'm don't you? Sorry, he was. Yeah, it was Jonathan Taze. Um, and, like, they posted that day that it was going to be his last game, and we just started texting, like, we should go to this game. So we bought tickets, and we went to the game after work. I just went. Yeah. And uh, someone I work with, has she's got three kids. And she said she was talking to her husband about that, and, and they were both like, their life is amazing. <laughs> like, we can't do... They can't yeah. just be like, we're just going to go to this hockey game tonight, because they either have to find child or they have to bring three other people with them <laughs> right. and you're spending thousands of dollars to go yeah. to a hockey game yeah, like yeah. you just can't do it and yeah. that's what i think that's why you know it was just an example of you know why we made the choices we did and sure. why other people make different choices but yeah. i do think like it is interesting I th- but the other thing is that it it is so difficult i think to and why i think my friends who have kids tend to say like oh man like your life must be so much easier is our country makes it so difficult to have kids. Like, we don't have universal pre-K. We don't have support for daycare. Daycare is so expensive. And we don't support parents. And we don't have programs that... In a lot of basic help, ways. Yeah, yeah. That a lot of other countries have. And so yeah. we're, like, bitching about the population growth and the fact that we, you know, people aren't having kids. But, but and this is Republicans, do nothing to support people to have kids, to make it easier so that sure. you can afford it and so that you can, like, make your life work with it. Because not everybody has the luxury of having only one parent work or has the luxury of... And one parent working often doesn't, like, support the household anymore when it used to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they don't they don't supplement daycare workers they who should make decent... They don't supplement teachers. Like, yeah, they don't yeah. do anything to support that. All they do is restrict women's rights to make decisions about whether or not to have kids and think that that will yeah. make the impact. Well, I mean, but, you know, not to... Not to take this side of it because this isn't the side, but it's still the other argument is the idea that like, well, look at Chicago. I mean, Chicago is a democratic city forever. Yeah. And it has up and down, you know, democratic politicians. And yet we've had all of these school issues. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't want to get into the whole thing about like the homeschooling during the pandemic. That was a different thing, I think. And I understand how hard that must have been if you have kids and how you have to deal with it. But even before that, right. Even before that, it was still this idea of like consolidating schools and all of a sudden trucking kids through, like having to have kids having to walk through bad neighborhoods and all this other stuff. And this is a democratic city, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, you can make the case, yeah, Republicans really aren't doing anything, but it's yeah. not like Democrats are doing like some great other thing, right? No. This is just how the system is set up, yeah. like where it's somehow there's not more investment in just schools and yeah. schooling, which seems like a pretty basic just, thing, right? I think Chicago's a hard example though. Because it's a one-party town? Not because it's a one-party town, but because there's so much corruption in Chicago, like, 
budgetarily, we are so far behind where we should be, right? Like, if we had been able to reconcile, like, we still can't pay for pensions. Like, and so that is, I think, a place where we would invest. But, like, taxes are already too high. Like, and we we need to, we have to do a lot of work to reconcile where we've been to get to a place where we can invest for the future. Like, I think we could improve that, but we're not in a place to do it today. But even as big as a city as Chicago is, this is still, like... It's still a macro issue, right? Like it's still yeah. like you look at Chicago, and this is basically what's going on in the whole country. Like yeah, it's still yeah. the same thing. Like yeah. if we could allocate money in a different way, maybe this would work. Yeah. And yeah, maybe there's too much money going to defense and places like that. Yeah. But these are the political choices that are made by right. Republicans and Democrats. I mean, no one's trying to cut down the defense budget. You no. know, no, but no matter who's in charge. No, I no, that's true. I do think there is a difference, though. Like it might be, you know. On a scale of one to ten, Republicans are a one and Democrats are a four, right? right? right, right. But at least, like, we're not. What was it? Was it Alabama? But somewhere in state, we're like the the people in the state legislature voted against free lunches oh, for yeah. kids yeah. because that's the parents' responsibility. <laughs> it is not the taxpayers' responsibility yeah. to spend four dollars a child to give them a decent yeah. lunch. Like yeah, yeah. it's such bullshit. No, I mean, yeah, I get. I mean, I'm just saying. That, yeah, no, like, I, get I understand yeah. that. You know. They seem like they're making active, loud, terrible decisions. Where I think the Democrats make quiet, terrible decisions. <laughs> like, that's just what I think. They, that's fair. I think that's, that's what fair. politics. Yeah. Is, so, but that being said, like I, you know, and I again, I don't want this to become yeah. Chicago corner, but you know, I am optimistic at least that the the new mayor is going is like an, an ex teacher. He's like you know he was supported by the teachers union, and yeah. hopefully Chicago will get some stuff back yeah. online. I don't know if that's going to make much difference when he has to. Go fight with the, <laughs> the city council and the right, alderman, but yeah, um, how much can the mayor do? Uh, right. I am reminded of the uh, I don't remember if it was a tweet or something, but something that you had told me, which was like Republicans are like we don't want gun control, and Democrats are like we don't want gun control. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Right, like, right, yeah, yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Like it's it's a lot of times like Democrats will say stuff that I'm I agree with, but nothing ever happens <laughs> anyway. So I'm just like, well, at least yeah. they believe the same stuff I believe. Yeah, and then I'm like, this is how this is how everybody's voted for the Republican Party for the last thirty yes. years. Yes. Is, oh, they say the same things we we believe. They also won't do anything. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So well, we're living in dark times. But let me just say, Joe Biden has gotten a lot done in his presidency, I, I, like yes, more I than know. he expect as an eighty-year-old. So yeah, yeah. everyone should vote for Joe Biden in twenty. Oh, I. Yeah. I this is across the board a situation where you should never vote for Republicans never. for never. any election ever. Never. That's ever. always true. There's no reason. Yeah. No. No. Never. And I, again, I don't want this to be propaganda. Like again, I think most politicians are terrible, but. Uh, no, never vote, never. Never. On any level, anywhere. No. Yeah. So that being said, uh... uh this has gotten weird. It got, we got into some weird areas. <laughs> uh, there was something else I wanted to talk about population-wise. Um, oh, I think it was COVID. I think that was really oh, the thing. Yeah. Because I believe that, wasn't it in during COVID, the actual U.S. population has actually gone down, which has never happened or never happened in since... I don't know the Civil War or something like that. The Is that life, true? the life. Ex- I don't know if the life population- expectancy went down. Yeah. yeah, but I thought like in 2020 or 2021, actually the population decreased. Is that not true? No, it didn't. That's not true. It just slowed. Yeah, it made no difference at all. It's it slowed. No. Oh. So the U.S. population didn't decrease and hasn't decreased in never right that I can ever see. Yeah, but in 20, it was increasing at a rate of. 0.8 per year ish. I mean, it's been steadily decreasing. Let's go back to 2007. It was at one, one percent, one percent increase. Yeah, and then it was slowly like going down and up. It was in the nine, the 0.9s, the 0.8s. 
uh, 0.7 in 2018, 0.66 in 2019, 0.41 in 2020, 0.31 in 2021, 0.38 in 2022. So far, we're back up for 2023 at 0.5. It's early in the year, but... life expectancy in the U.S. has dropped by, I think, over a year. Yeah. But I think the other thing, do you have this? The other thing was how life expectancies in other countries have actually have rallied since, like, everything went down. If you look at the overall chart, I think, in 2020, yeah. like, you know, the life expectancy was down everywhere. But since then, it's actually started to rebound in other countries or has rebounded all the way. And here it hasn't. And it's, what exactly is that about? Because we don't have... I don't think an extraordinary number of COVID deaths compared to other countries. Like we have more maybe, but I don't think the percentage is that much high. So it can't just be COVID. Is it that somehow the pandemic broke the country in such a way that then you have more opioid deaths and more suicides and gun related deaths? Is everything else up? Is like, what what exactly is this? I do think like, I, I don't, I don't have that data, but I feel like I read an article where like opioid deaths, yes, but also gun related deaths, like they're actually up. Yeah. 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 I mean I know that there's been more relaxing of gun laws, but it didn't seem like there was so much more and I, that, that would cause that big a difference. I feel like what I saw oh God, I feel bad because I don't remember the article exactly, but I feel like what I saw was that gun related and opioid related deaths disproportionately impacted young people and so that and that's lowering the average. and that's lowering yeah. the the life expectancy because yeah. so many young people so yeah, many yeah, more yeah. young people are dying the median age goes up yeah, right yeah. and then it just yep. sort of creates yep. that yeah yeah that makes sense that makes sense no i i thought that was interesting just because i can't come up with a real concrete reason yeah. why in america this would be that different than anywhere else where i don't think that anywhere i, I mean yeah that yeah. we've now declared the pandemic over again or whatever and so, but I think a lot of yeah. places around the world did that too. So, like, I don't think even, that's anything. Even though the drop, like, the drop in life expectancy was mostly COVID related, I think our recovery has been slower for other reasons. Yeah, yeah. But that's nice to uh, loop us back to the beginning because you had COVID. I did. Uh, back a mere few weeks ago. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about having COVID because. <laughs> Because I didn't. Everyone who's listening has had COVID. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. But, but we hadn't had yeah, it. Yeah, we hadn't and, had it. Yeah. And so, like, one, when I told my team I had COVID, my boss was so invested in me getting COVID at one point. He didn't want me to get COVID, but he was like, "You just have to do it because everyone's gonna do it. So you yeah, just yeah. you should just get it." Sure. Um, and it's great I, logic. And I was always like, "No," but uh, but then I did. But here's the thing: like, I was lucky enough to have access to Paxlovid. Which I think most people should. I don't know how it works. But I, I don't, like, if I didn't, so I had four vaccines, yeah. all the vaccines I could get, yeah. and Paxlovid, and I felt like shit for, like, several days. Yeah. Like, it was bad. Yeah. But, like, I got my my first negative test on day eight, I think, and my second on, or and then day ten, yeah. I got my second, and we were able to, like, be around each other, but... Yeah. I felt I felt terrible. It was awful. Yeah. Like, it was awful. Surprising. Yeah. I thought it, I didn't think. I always assumed, and I think we've said this before. I've always assumed that if we got COVID, we would both get COVID. Yeah. Because we're just around each other all the time. So, yeah. And and we. It's not like we were trying in those couple of days when you knew you were kind of sick. Yeah. We were still around each yeah. other. Like we weren't doing much different there, but. I, I still thought that it would go easier. I didn't think it would be bad, considering all the vaccines. I somehow thought that would make a difference. Yeah. Even though I guess the last booster was a while ago. It was. And so, we it was got in, like, it in the fall. Yeah. 
but six I had, months, I think five months. Saturday, so Wednesday through Saturday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I felt kind of crappy. Like halfway through Wednesday, I felt kind of crappy. Thursday, we count as day, so we count that as day zero. Thursday and Friday, we like didn't do a lot because I was not feeling great. Yeah. But we thought it was just like we've been around a lot of people. Yeah. Our immune you systems are weren't sleeping well. <laughs> I wasn't sleeping well. Yeah. Right, we were we kept around. changing, you know, houses. Yeah. yeah. So I just thought I didn't feel good. And then Saturday when I woke up, I had like a little bit more symptomy, but like not really all that much. And I took a test and I had like the solid maroon line. Like yeah, it was yeah. aggressive. Oh, because the other test you took had the weird other Yeah, we thing. had like a side line, but there was no cross line. Yeah. It was really confusing. Because we've taken a lot of those home tests and they're always exactly the same. And yeah. then there was this that one test you took. Both of them. You could see like the weird, like inside the little window, there was like a weird bleeding over thing on the edge, which on I the, never saw before. On like the yeah. right hand edge yeah, but yeah. not a line not across, a line across yeah. yeah it was very confusing i almost wonder if that test was somehow corrupt well it, it happened wrong. twice though it happened on wednesday and on on well the other thursday. one was a thinner one wasn't it no wednesday and thursday i had the like side line and then i had my positive test and mm. the thin one was like day seven oh, when right, i was right. trying i i took you had a gone test. through all the packs low yeah i'd gone yeah. through everything i took the test because we could have this is, but we could have stayed on our regular schedule. Yeah. If I tested negative that day, I looked at it and I was like, that's negative. And then I went to take a picture. And when my camera zoomed in on it, it was like, no, there's a little line a little there. Bit, yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah. But, but no, I had, so then I tested positive on Saturday. And I was in bed until I was going to try and work on Monday, but I, I just, I didn't work at all. And then I worked like half a day on Tuesday. I just, I couldn't. I was yeah. so tired. I had terrible, like, scratchy throat, sneezing, coughing. Like, it was yeah. awful. Still out there, man. <laughs> and here's the other thing. Is COVID isn't over. Paxlovid is a bastard. Like, I had a worse time with, I think, Paxlovid than maybe COVID. Oh, because it tasted bad, right? I had you that had metallic like that, taste yeah. in my mouth, and it made me super nauseous for yeah. several days. Not it was good. awful. Yeah. Still probably better than not had taste. Maybe? maybe. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Hard to say. Yeah. Do not recommend don't get COVID. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still, uh, still fighting you. the good fight. Ugh. It's like me and Munchak. There's like, there's almost <laughs> nobody left. Like nobody, everybody's gotten COVID. You're going to so. get it eventually, right? Probably, or man. Not. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, I'm still wearing masks. Like I still do stuff, but mm-hmm. like, I, you know, it's a little less than it used to be. Like I, you know, yeah. I'm starting to more like get into that idea of like, I don't want to sit somewhere and be surrounded by people. Yeah, yeah. Again, we went to that Blackhawks game, but I wore a mask like, did, while we yeah. were sitting in the stands and stuff. And then we weren't surrounded by people no. you know um but we've been trying to at least do some stuff and just yeah. be careful with it but um yeah so that was uh so <laughs> population goes down co- life expectancy down sarah gets covid wrapping up season two <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this it, was a weird one i feel is, like we've gone on a journey yeah. but i feel like we covered a lot I we feel did like this was a this yeah. was robust compared to sometimes <laughs> where there have been multiple recent episodes where we just talk about how good Kareem was in Airplane. <laughs> and I feel like that's enough. We don't. We, we maybe needed to mention that once. And that was it. I so. mean, what was the thing that you were like, oh, we talked about this in two episodes in a row, remember? It was the athletes in movies. Oh, oh, it was great. But it's great. because they yeah, were yeah. recorded in the wrong order. They, yeah. they were released in the wrong order from when they were recorded. Yeah. So some of that still might get cut out, so this might not make any sense. <laughs> even to our longtime three listeners. <laughs> so... Uh, well, I think that's about it. I think that about wraps it up. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, in 1967, they if things had continued the way they were going at that point, I yeah. guess it makes sense. But I think that that whole argument comes at just the wrong time. Like, mm-hmm. if they had done all of that research in the mid-70s, they may have already yeah. been able to see that this these yeah. numbers were clearly yeah. way inflated. Yeah. From where they thought they would be. But between birth control, and we didn't even get into this, but birth control in 1973, Roe v. Wade. Right. Like, that's what everything changes that's, in. That's 70s. how. Yeah. 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 
So I saw some reports. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I saw some reporting about like the number of abortions that happened in like just Texas alone, uh, pre Dobbs mm. per year, and like those are all going to be people now. Like unless more people are being careful. Yeah. 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 Which uh, unlikely. It's hard to say. I mean, you know, I think I don't. I don't know if there's a dramatic. I guess it will be interesting to see years from now. Yeah. What the birth rates were now and how things actually changed. Yeah. Or how many people were traveling for the abortions they could still get. Yes. So, um, well, we'll see how that goes. Ah, well. Ah, happy times. (laughs) Oh, we need to pick this back up before we end. No, there's no... Sing a song. Uh, Is there... Did the Janes have, like, a song? No, but... Is there there, a musical about the Janes? (laughs) That should exist by now. It should exist. We did see a play about uh, Roe, remember? Yeah, it wasn't a musical. No, it was a musical. No, no. It was the last play we saw before the pandemic. That could be. Um, Weirdly. No, but there is that Loretta Lynn song about the uh, the birth control bill. I don't know what that is. Oh, it was like her thing. She she was like a, a conservative. Like she was very into conservative. She's country, like old school country music singer, supported conservative politics. But she had in the seventies, I think, she had a song called "The Pill." Oh, it's just about the birth control pill and okay. how great it was. I'll try to slam that in here. Yeah, if you and could. Is it is it peppy? I mean, it's a country song, but it's not bad. Oh, okay. Well, I yeah. just wanted to make sure it was up. Like, I didn't want to, like, oh, I'm going to put this here at the end of the episode while we're talking and going out, and it's just this miserable dirge. It's not about, like the you know. pill kills babies. Like, it's not bad. It's, <laughs> it's like, I think it's, it's an, just like, it's a pro It's not an anti-pill like, song. Yeah, yeah, no, it's pro-control over your own life, which is what birth control is all about. All right. Well, hey, uh, Godspeed, listeners. Uh, if you've chosen to have kids, congratulations. If you've chosen not to have kids, yeah, congratulations. Yeah, good for you. It's, uh, you do your own thing. Yeah, you do you. I support everybody and everything. Except Nazis. We don't support them. <laughs> 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 it's in the little bar. That's right. Thanks, everybody. All right, bye. <laughs> this has been It Happened One Year. Please take a minute to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever they allow ratings. Please follow us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please follow us on all relevant and irrelevant social media. See ya!